Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kids today, it's one more thing. Armstrong and Getty. One more thing. Before we get to a couple of thing, uh, things teen-related, uh, we're recording this podcast on tax day. We went through all our favorite tax screeds. <laughs> we left out one. The uh, the the enthusiasm for refunds. We're talking about how much you got back or didn't get back. Oh, I got back less this year. I got back more this year. That was your money to start with. All right. Mm-hmm. They gave you back your own money. You realize they that? kept it interest free and used it. And you didn't and and you you paid a bunch and then they gave you back a little bit. I mean, that's nice. I like getting money back too, but they still kept most of it. What they took. So, you get that, right? I can't believe there isn't more enthusiasm for serious reform of of the tax code. I mentioned this on the show. It bothers me. This is true. If you're explaining, you're losing. If it's more complicated than when will the rich pay their four share? If it, if it's more complicated than that, you can't do it. The rich are trying to rip you off with this so-called reform. Well, I better. I don't want to understand it, so I better say no. Right? People prefer miserable certainty to uncertainty, even if they're miserable. With the present, maybe that's people prefer the miserable status quo to the unknown. Mm. A lot of people do. Okay, different topic on this tax day. Um, I haven't actually heard this. It's about a teen that had an accident rock climbing, but an amazing twist. Michael? They looked at us and they said, I'm so sorry that he's gone. I started talking to him just telling him how much I love him and I'm sorry that we didn't know how to save him. And suddenly as where I started praying, my husband said, oh my gosh, 
he's he's moving. Each and every one of them afterward came to us and said, we've never seen anything like this before, ever. Never have we ever pronounced somebody and suddenly they came back, you know, five minutes later. Well, okay, so this teen died rock climbing, then after two hours came back to life. I'm using my finger quotes because just because you pronounce them dead doesn't mean they were dead. Maybe they were wrong? Do we know? Yeah, that they happens. Were, they were doing CPR on him for two hours, basically, and they Ooh. they thought he was dead. I mean, you have the story. Oh, my God. Wow, wow. Yeah, I don't. Do, do we know how the young man turned out or anything? If is his brain function? Or is he going to be writing one of those books that get written occasionally by people who died and come back and have all kinds of sometimes yeah, amazing stories? Yeah, he doesn't say how he ended up. I mean, yeah. if, if he's healthy or not. But okay. is there are a bunch mm. of those books out there from people who have died and saw visions or met people or whatever. Since, yeah. Since perhaps the greatest question of all mankind since the beginning has been what happens when you die, it's always kind of nice to check in with those people who have been there and come back. Yeah. How? Uh, to what extent do you trust their accounts? Um, or take them literally? I don't know. The brain's complicated. Yeah, it is. And just as you're moving in and out of consciousness, whether it's sleep or, you know, being knocked unconscious or perhaps passing out from overindulgence, uh, your brain does some odd things. Mm -hmm. Images and thoughts and memories. And I mean, the, the story of my life flashed before my eyes is like universal. Yeah, it's been told by so many people so many times. It clearly is a thing. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if that factors in. It's such a heavy conversation, and I want to be respectful to people. I've got to admit I'm fairly skeptical about some of the accounts that, you know, I went toward the light, and there was uh, my grandmother and my dad. And, and my, my beagle from when I was a kid. Right, my youthful beagle companion. Um, I, 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 I want so much for that to be true. I'm not sure I trust my, uh, my perception on that. I am the skeptical man, as you know. Well, I don't. I think there's something past when you're dead. I have zero doubt about that for some reason, and so I don't know. But uh, I don't know whether you get to meet up with your old beagle. Lake of Fire, I'm guessing. Oof. Um. <laughs> oh man, that reminds me. It's so stuck in my head. And I brought this up on the radio show, and I will again, but this uh, a long article in The Atlantic written by this guy who's a well-known novelist and writer about his best friend as a child who was a brilliant guy um, but uh, was afflicted with schizophrenia in his late teens, early 20s, as I recall, and his struggles to get mental health, uh, mental health, health help, and just uh, it, it ends badly. Um but this guy fought hallucinations all the time that the room was on fire. Oh, my the God. The floor was on fire. And his dad would have to talk him down. Reach out. Is your hand burned? Is it even hot? No? Okay, try your other hand now. Now put your foot on the floor. Does it seem okay? And this guy who was, again, brilliant and really a fascinating guy, um, at one point, he was interviewed. He ended up going to Yale Law School, although he couldn't really handle it because his mental illness was so heavy. But um, one of the uh, interviewers said, uh, how often do you hallucinate? And he said, I'm hallucinating right now. Oh, my God. And he just got he 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 learned to deal with it. I'm, he said, yeah, I'm just fighting my way through it. Wow. That's I'm amazing. trying to concentrate past it. But yeah. So anyway, we 
the lake of fire thing reminded me of that. It just I, I want to do an extra large pot podcast with this guy and and maybe a couple other people. I could see at some point my jihad becoming um, fighting forcefully for America to get a hell of a lot better. And maybe it's got to be state by state, but a hell of a lot better at mental health care for uh, folks with mental illness. Our failings are god awful and unforgivable, and and they're a failing in democracy too. I've made the the wry, the dryly sarcastic, bitterly humorous comment: mentally ill people need to hire a lobbyist because if there's no money in it, no money goes to it. Yeah, well, I think part of the answer is it's. Uh, it's just not where we think it is. It's, the mental health care is just not where you think it is. I don't. I don't even just mean access or whatever. I think the ability to do it. If you have unlimited money, it's still damn near impossible to figure out what's wrong with somebody and how you would treat it and get any positive results. Hundred percent correct. Having said that, though, and you know this history as well as I do, of moving away from the big mental institutions to community-based health care yeah. based on a pie-in-the-sky progressive thought about mental health care, mostly in the late 50s and 60s, it got really hot. Um, but it was never funded, and it wasn't going to work the way they thought it would anyway. Um, and so we don't have the old institutions, but we don't have anything to take its place. So we have lots and lots of profoundly mentally ill people dying on the streets. And, and you've got like the ACLU fighting tooth and nail against any effort to help these people, which is just mind boggling to me. Even when I disagree with their stances, I get what they're driving at. This one is inexplicable to me. Yeah, it's grim, but it's important. So I, I have a family member who is dealing with hallucinations pretty regularly for a period of time. Thank God that seems to be over. But man, it's tough. That's a tough one. He used to say me say to me, he's right behind you. Do you think if you had to fight him, you could win? Wow. Like, what? You know, some sort of monster or something like that. Just be terrified. Oh. Yeah, I just, you know, I've never had anything like that, so I don't know what it feels like. But Especially when you're younger, it's hard to get to a place where you, you know, when you get older, I could see how you could get to a place where you realize, okay, a lot of my thoughts aren't real. Ignore them when they happen. Mm -hmm. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, my experience has shown me there is not a monster in the closet. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's how they fool you. And then all of a sudden, there actually is a monster in the closet. Before you know it, they're eating you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. There's Surely there's something lighter, a note we can go out on. Michael, any thoughts? Did we ever do the... uh, Oh, no. No, we we did that joke. It was funny, but the Tupperware joke. That is funny. Why the hell not? Go ahead. Why not? Uh, guys, get this. I saw that Tupperware has warned that they are facing bankruptcy. Whoa. Uh, apparently, someone borrowed all their inventory and never gave it back. That's right. <laughs> the company said that they were never the same after that one time they used it for marinara sauce. <laughs> That's my favorite part of the joke. That's funny. <laughs> That's why Judy and I have made a transition to this other brand that has glass uh, container and mm, plastic top. Aren't you fancy? <laughs> Place. <laughs> I can still um, smell it as a kid. I can smell the smell from being a kid of when if the Tupperware got too hot and melted in the dishwasher. <laughs> oh, it's a my. particular smell. I remember smelling it a couple oh, of times. Oh, you had a dishwasher? Wow. How the other <laughs> half lives. Did you load it or did your chauffeur load it for you? 
Dishwasher? We dreamed of having a dishwasher. I, I drive. I don't load dishwashers. I'm a chauffeur. <laughs> oh, I meant butler. Sorry. See, I'm not up on all those <laughs> occupations like you are, Mr. Rockefeller. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, God. God, Tupperware was such a part of my life as a kid. Just there's a Tupperware everywhere. The fridge always had Tupperware of something oh, yeah. in it. Yeah, I can picture all of the containers. And then any picnic or family gathering of any kind, everything was in Tupperware. Yeah, yep, absolutely. So now Somebody just, bring the fruit salad in the big-ass Tupperware with the big top. And everything. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So now there are just enough competing brands that it's Tupperware is not the only uh, game in town? Of course, bankruptcy doesn't yeah. mean they're going away. They may just restructure. And- mm-hmm. yeah, indeed. Uh, they probably have valuable assets, et cetera. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, how big? Well, uh, you grew up in a handful of different places, as did I. But the, the house you spent, like, most of your youth in, how big was the kitchen? Jeez, I don't know. Smaller in this radio studio. Tiny, <laughs> yeah, right? Much smaller. Compared to the new Entertainer's Dream, Two Islands. I mean, the whole, you know, big kitchen thing that's so big. Our kitchen, seriously, there was no room for a dishwasher. If we'd had money to put one in, you'd have had to, like, I don't know, hang it from the ceiling and climb a ladder to load it. There's no room. I don't think all five of us could have stood in it at the same time in the kitchen. Nope. Definitely not. Yeah. Imagine that compared to today. And yet, we were, what's the word I'm looking for? Happy. Hmm. I used to be so poor, I'd cut the grass with scissors one blade at a time. I understand. Wow. It'd take hours. Tough times. Well, I guess that's it. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.